What's up, witches? Hi, I'm Claudia. And I'm Jess. And welcome to True Crime Coven. Hey, Jess. Hey, Claudia. How are you? I'm good. All the better for seeing your face. I know, we're in the same room. I know, it's been, feels like forever. I think it's been like a month. month, yeah. I can, I can imagine that would feel a long time to not yeah. see me for a month because I'm yeah. pretty great. I haven't even bumped into you at work. Not that we tend to bump into each other <laughs> We've at work. We've bumped into each other once at work since yeah. we both moved Yep, yeah, but positions. I did have to go get my bleep battery changed the other day. Uh, what day? Mm, I Tuesday? Said, I mean, I've been on nights all week. I don't know why. I'm okay, like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but hey, oh, Was just... it after 7pm? <laughs> also, Jess, did you drink from my tea? No. Oh, it just looks really empty from where I'm sat. And I was like, I haven't drank from it. <laughs> no, I actually didn't. I did just carry it upstairs for you. I mean, I get... Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because I'm in a really good mood. But what we're going to talk about today, obviously murder's always, you know, heavy. Yeah. But my God, this is... um, This case takes a turn. Okay. A turn that I don't think we've covered fully. Well, a little bit. But... My God, this, this, you're, you're going to see and you're going to be like, oh. Okay. Is it, do I need to have a strong stomach for it? Because normally yeah. I do have a nice strong stomach, but this baby is, I think she, every time I eat, so I'll get really hungry and then she'll be like, fuck you. You don't like food. And then she'll kick me in the stomach. Then I feel like I'm going to be sick. So. Wow. What body shamer. I know. Literally. What a- you can't call your child a <laughs> It's my child, I can do what I want. I had a dream last night that I went to visit my friend who's just had a baby. Shout out to Alex and Reagan. Congratulations on the birth of your baby girl, Della. Oh, nice name. Cute name, right? That's what I call Deli the cat sometimes. Della. Della. Yeah, it was Alex, the dad's grandmother. Her name. Oh, nice. And I had a dream last night that I went to visit them and they had COVID, but for some reason I was allowed in to visit because, you know, I'm important. <laughs> <Immune>. And... Um, <laughs> I walked in and she's like a few days old and in the dream she still was. And I walked in and she was standing up and I like turned to the midwife and was like, oh, isn't that quite quick? And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like this kid looked like it was like one years old. And oh. I'm like, oh, isn't that quite advanced? And they're like, no, it's normal, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Imagine you had to like literally push out a one-year-old and they stood straight up. Well, apparently, so when I was born, I was like four pounds three so i was teeny tiny i was a fat baby well the woman opposite my mum gave birth to a 12 pounder fucking hell i thought i was being nine pounds (laughs) so it was just like these like two like babies that couldn't be less yeah oh wow um have you met your nephew nephew yeah also shout out congratulations to my sister katie and her partner ricky who just gave birth to my nephew finley oh again a great name a great name um everyone's having babies around me i feel like if you want to get pregnant just hang out with me (laughs) um apparently i'm some sort of like fertile fertility goddess i am a goddess so (laughs) yeah uh no i haven't he lives in singapore Oh, okay. But they're hopefully coming over September, October, depending when they get oh. baby's passport. So, oh, yeah. To be fair, let's oh, be honest, be nice. newborn babies are kind of little aliens. Yeah. And, and he has got the touch of the alien about him because it was, it was a bit early. I have said this to Katie, I'm not just like outing my nephew. <laughs> so I also, kind of feel like he'll be a bit more substantial yeah, by the time I'm Yeah, when they get least. like head control and start sitting up, that's when they get like, And when they can see past, like further yeah. than boob to head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they get a little bit more entertaining. Yeah, um, but no, I haven't met him. I haven't met any babies. Everyone's just popping them out. Fair. I've got. What do we do if you weeks. go into um, labour when you're on my <laughs> What, like right now? Yeah. Um, probably just go to hospital. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good shout. Yeah. Anyway, on that <laughs> note, should we go stop talking about life and start talking about death? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, today, I'm going to bring you the case of the bedsit killer. The bed sit. Yeah, you know a bed sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't know if you said sick or sit. I mean, this could make you sick. This yeah, case, no, so. that's why I didn't know if it was a play on words or no if bed I just sit mis- killer. Misheard. But actually, that name is only half of the story. Okay. If anything, he committed more crimes that were not bed sit related. Okay. But those crimes were only discovered after the fact. 
Ah. And without giving too much away, I am going to give some trigger warnings. Okay. So the trigger warnings this week are for sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And this includes necrophilia. Ooh, okay. And also additional warning, necrophilia, meaning the full-on penetration of a dead body, and also that of someone under the age of 16. Oh, wow. We're hitting all the... Yeah, it's a heavy one. And so Point understandably, two. if this isn't something you can or feel you want to listen to... Yeah. I completely get it. I mean, I feel like we've touched a little bit on each of these yeah. trigger warnings, but not all in one and go. As always, I will never be going into details just to go into details. Yeah. I, I'm not here to do that to the families or the victims. So there's no massive details out there. You won't have to listen to me describe it. But if it's something that you can't even think about at the moment, completely get that. Look after yep, yourself. And we'll see you for some ghost stories next week. Yeah, see you there. So our case today begins in the summer of 1987 in the town of Royal Tunbridge Wells, Kent, which lies about 30 miles southeast of central London, and it's actually near where my nan lives. Mm. A 25-year-old woman named Wendy Nell had just moved into a bedsit following the breakup of her marriage. She was said to be understandably upset by the split, but friends described Wendy as independent and hardworking, a woman set on having children and making a home. On the day that Wendy moved into the bedsit, her mother Pamela Nell recalls how the young woman asked her mum to take a photo of her, starting her new life. Wendy worked as the manager of a photo shop in town called Super Snaps, and as just mentioned, she was said to be hard-working. And so, when she didn't show up for work on June 23rd, 1987, her colleagues were worried. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend knew that he had dropped her home the night before, and so went round to her flat to check on her where he found a gruesome scene. Wendy Nell was laying on her bed naked, blood covering the sheets. The 25-year-old had been beaten, sexually assaulted and strangled. Oh, that's horrific. Yeah. What's more is that despite the thin walls of her bedsit, none of her neighbours had heard a thing. Wow. Samples were collected at the scene as evidence, such as a bloody fingerprint on a shopping bag and a footprint left on the cuff of a white blouse. I also saw someone, uh, one article, talk about how they found saliva, but this wasn't really mentioned as much when we later come on to how those pieces of evidence led to finding a perpetrator. But I wanted to put it in there that there might have also been saliva samples. Um, But these are the main bits that... But with DNA profiling in forensic science being very much in its infancy, Mm. having first been used just three years earlier in 1984... The violent killer wasn't identified and remained at large. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, a neighbour of Wendy's who lived two floors above her, named Anthony Len, said that he had witnessed a man peeping into the window of a flat opposite their building multiple times a week for around five weeks. And on the night of Wendy's brutal murder, another resident of Tunbridge Wells called Victoria Fisher saw a figure outside her flat's roof at half past midnight. Now, I'm not sure if these people spoke up at the time, as this comes from their statements in court. But if not, why not? Yeah, I mean, five weeks is a long time. Yeah, and like, I understand. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the blame lies with these people. It obviously lies with this weirdo. So my bedroom looks out onto the street. Yeah. If I notice someone peering into my neighbour's window just once... Mm. I would first of all probably shout out and be like, Oi, what are you doing? But also, I would then absolutely go to that neighbour, tell them, yeah. and then call the police. Yeah, and be like, by the way... I'd probably take a picture as well. Yeah, but like, by the way, then, but... someone was like... Like, first time it happens, you can be a bit like, okay, yeah, maybe it's just their friend just seeing if they're home. But if it's for five weeks, also, I feel like people in a bedsit are probably going to be similar situations. Mm. Like, just broken up or just... Like, you're going to be low income because I think, or, you know, yeah, you're going to be of lower income because most people, I don't personally want to sleep and eat and live in one room. Yeah. In fact, it's something that when I wasn't earning much money and I lived on my own, I looked at a bedsit and was like, no, I can't do it. Yeah. Like, Like, so yeah, it is going to be like, but you will probably get people there who are running away from like domestic abuse. Yeah. So... Which that, is why they've ended up in a lower income yeah. situation and that's so that why they've in a bed set. behaviour is very suspicious. Like even 
if you saw that, you would be a bit like, oh, maybe this is an ex-boyfriend who's come in. I think even if I saw it just once, I would probably take a picture. Obviously, they couldn't have done that as easily back then. They did yeah. have cameras, but like... It, yeah, you'd have I to mean, use what flash was it, the stuff. 80s? Yeah, 87. Yeah, yeah. But also, I would probably shout out, because even though they might be like, oh, I'm her brother, it's like, okay, that's fine. But like, I feel like you still don't probably need to be looking into someone's home in yeah. the night time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, if you're there, I, I, it's just it's just weird to me. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's suspicious behaviour. I also am quite, like, I'm, I am someone who's happy to not confront. I'm not confrontational, but, but I'm happy yeah. to, I would rather say something and it be a misunderstanding. Like, I've been someone who's gone up yeah. to someone before on a night out and been like, are you okay to a girl? Because she, she looks like she's been harassed by a man. And she's yeah. ended up laughing and being like, thank you so much for asking about actually This is a friend of mine. And yeah, I've been like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. I'm so sorry. We've had a laugh about it. But, but I would rather that again, or someone like, be like, fuck off, I'm fine. If Aiden was like being like a little weirdo, like he sometimes is like on a night out, like some- <laughs> You like just called your husband a weirdo. Yeah but, <laughs> yeah, but you know, sometimes they are just inappropriate because they can be because they're your husband. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, if someone came up to me and they were like, oh, are you okay? And was like, is this person harassing you? I would actually feel so much safer with them bothering yeah. me because I'd be like, actually, like, no, he is my husband. We're just having a but laugh. Thank you but so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for looking out. Because that's what we need. Yeah. And women, especially, should look out for each yeah. other. Strong women supporting strong women. And this is the thing, like, and even if someone was like, oh my god, fuck off, they're my husband. Like, I'd be like, you know what? I'm, I'm happy. I at least asked because yeah. what if he wasn't? Yeah. You could have just saved a life. So yeah, while I'm not putting blame on these people, I really hope they did report it. And if yeah. they didn't, I'm like, I'm just going to say, if they didn't and you're listening to this, not the people, I mean like anyone who's listening to this yeah. now, just report it. Yeah. Because if There's it no is harm. nothing, no one's going to get into trouble. But yeah. if it is something... Again, you could have saved somebody. Yeah. Now, perhaps they did report the activity. As women in Tunbridge Wells started becoming increasingly concerned about a possible prowler. It was five months later that they struck again. His next victim, a 20-year-old woman named Caroline Pierce, was one of the residents of Tunbridge Wells that was concerned about a prowler in the area. Just eight weeks before her murder, she took the sensible precaution of having locks fitted to her windows and reportedly told her ex-boyfriend that she had seen a peeping Tom hanging around her flat. And also, this is not victim blaming, but girl, tell the police. Yeah, not not your ex-boyfriend as like, well. I, like, I, I get it. I, I get it. You're telling him and maybe there was a lack of trust in the police because I know mm. that even now, rape and sexual assault is not taken seriously enough. No. But I guess back then, perhaps even more so. Yeah. Um, none of us were alive then. And again, but I do, obviously. People I, who living in these bedsits, lower yeah. income, like they're, they might unfo- be, unfortunately, less trusting believed, yeah less believed less trusting yeah so yeah i'm i'm not blaming her but i'm just like again anyone if you're ever in this situation yeah don't just tell someone you trust tell the police yeah 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 it's like they see something take you seriously something. I mean, it's easier said than yeah. done but like harass them like yeah i'm not saying harass people but harass <laughs> the police if they're not taking you seriously that they are there to protect us and if yeah. they're not doing that why are they there yeah Again, not calling out the police. I'm just saying, if they don't take you seriously... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make them. (sighs) But anyway, on the night of Tuesday, the 24th of November, 1987, the young waitress was returning home from work when she was abducted from her doorstep. With neighbours reporting that they'd heard screams coming from outside her home. And obviously, anyone being abducted is sad. But much like the case of Sally Ann Bowman, which we covered in episode three, um, it's called She Almost Made It Home. I just think there's an extra layer of heartbreak when someone is so close to being home and safe. Literally, but like, just never key makes in the door. It. Yeah. Your guard is down. You're like, I'm you home. Know. I'm safe. Yeah. Yeah. You can be walking up the street, but as soon as you get in like the immediate vicinity of your home, your safe place. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just oh, being oh, it's, uh, honestly, it's heartbreaking. It would be three agonizing weeks before Caroline was found, wow. forty miles away in an overgrown drainage ditch in Romney Marsh near the south coast. Her body was discovered by a tractor driver who was only able to spot her due to the higher position he had in the cab. Caroline was naked except for her tights and her body showed injuries so similar to Wendy's that the detectives were sure that the murders were committed by the same killer. Once again, with DNA analysis in its infancy 
and with no mobile phones to track the activity of, finding the perpetrator was going to be difficult. And with no leads, the murders of Wendy and Caroline went cold. In 1999, 12 years since the deaths of the two women, police were finally able to run the DNA samples that they did have through their new DNA database. Despite high hopes, though, a match wasn't found. Whoever the killer was, they either hadn't committed any more crimes or they hadn't been caught. Mm. And despite two BBC Crime Watch appeals, once again, the murder investigations of Wendy and Caroline went cold. Another 20 years passed, 32 in total, since the young women's murders, when, in 2019, forensic experts were able to use a new technique in DNA collection to obtain a damaged sperm cell sample from Caroline's tights. Using another new technique known as familial DNA, they were able to use a sperm cell sample to check for someone related to the person whose sperm it was within their system. According to Noel McHugh, a former Metropolitan Police detective who advised the Kent Force investigating the 1987 murders and who also works for the National Crime Agency, he said that these new techniques being implemented were absolutely crucial, as the familial DNA allowed the police to narrow down the 6.5 million DNA profiles on their database down to a more workable amount. Mm. This led to the eventual identification of the murderer. That's mad that it's taken that long. I know. I can't even imagine. So I watched an interview with Wendy Nell's mum and it's this elderly lady, obviously. Yeah. Because, okay, so her daughter was 25 when she was killed. So let's say mum was at least 45, if not older. And then 30 years later, this woman's at least in her, at least 75. Yeah. And it's just watching this elderly woman hold a picture of her daughter talking about how she'd given up all hope. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, could you imagine, like, all that time your daughter has not only died, but been killed in a horrible way. Yeah. Also, you think, like, nowadays we look at it and you're like, actually, there's quite a lot of evidence that they left behind. If they've got a fingerprint, a footprint, and saliva and a sperm sample, like... But I think it just shows how much... if, If you've got those things, but actually... There's nothing in the DNA database. You haven't got anything. anything. Because if you haven't got anything to match it to... But yeah, it just shows that if you have all that evidence but nothing to compare it to, you've effectively got nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And so that's why I think mobile phones are so important now because most people, they'll think they're being clever and they'll like turn the phone off. But even that's evidence in itself because if you always... Most people don't never turn their phone off. No, I I can't remember the last time I turned my phone off. I turned my phone off recently because I was in a wedding in a church. Yeah. Like, my, the last time my phone went off is because I ran out of battery. Yeah. Most people never turn their phone off. But yeah, it just... It's one of those things where if you turn your phone off then, if your phone is turned off for the exact time that those crimes are committed... Yeah. It's suspicious. It's suspicious. So I just think it shows how crucial mobile phones and like yeah. CCTV evidence also, and all also these things where the victim's phone got turned off exactly and it's just I think it's mad that actually we don't almost give phones enough credit for that yeah 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 but anyway he went undetected all this time and just to see this elderly woman talking about her loss I mean we've spoken before how we both have like massive soft spots oh, for elderly people anyway but oh honestly oh, it's heartbreaking Officers were not only able to narrow down potential suspects from the familial DNA matches, they were then able to look on their list and see who had relatives that lived in the area in 1987 and who out of those relatives would have matched the age that they believed their killer to be. Okay. They then put their list in order of most likely to be the relation of their offender to least likely, explained Senior Investigating Officer Detective Superintendent Ivan Beasley. The closest partial DNA match was found and the police studied this person's family tree and quickly honed in on one person in particular. The match's sibling, David Fuller. David Fuller was born on September 4th, 1954. Mm. At school, he had his first run-in with police after stealing bicycles and damaging property in small arson attacks. After leaving school, David trained as an electrician and maintenance man whilst working in the Navy shipyards in Portsmouth, thus beginning his career in this field. In the 1970s, 
David committed a string of what police described as creeper-type domestic burglaries, where he often broke in through property's rear windows. He was taken to Portsmouth Crown Court for his crimes, along with 23 other offences in 1973 and a further offence in 1977 taken into consideration. However, he received no prison time for those acts. And perhaps if he had been jailed, for what I'm taking to be at least 25 offences, mm. then perhaps the murders of Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce may never have happened. And perhaps the other crimes of David Fuller that would come to light would never have happened either. On December 3rd, 2020, police arrived at David Fuller's small semi-detached home on a quiet estate in Heathfield, West Sussex, which he shared with his third wife and teenage son. Police began their questioning of David, where he claimed not to know Tunbridge Wells well, even though it was the next major town to him. Mm. He also stated that he had never visited Supersnaps, the Photoshop where Wendy had been a manager, nor the restaurant Buster Brown's where Caroline had worked. He also adamantly denied any involvement in the two women's murders. With David refusing to crack, police began to search his house and found that he had obsessively recorded his whole life including keeping all invoices he had issued as a maintenance man and electrician and personal diaries where he had written about his life and nights out. Invoices that were for work around the town of Tunbridge Wells. Diary entries that described nights eating out at Buster Brown's and all the cycling he had done with other members of a cycling club. So, sounds like he's just shot himself in the foot there. Yeah, this is us. I was talking to Mikey about this case and I was like... I don't understand why people lie about... Like, I, I get that he's trying to be like, no, I don't know that place at all. But, yeah. like, what... Do you not think the police have done this before? Yeah, like... <laughs> this is a job. We don't expect you to be like, yeah, you know what? I did murder those girls 30 but years ago. But why not? Can't believe it's taking this long to find me. But, yeah, like, you've had 30 years to clean up and get rid of your evidence. But this is the thing as well. Why not be like, yeah, I know Tunbridge Wells... Oh, yeah, I used to go to that restaurant a lot. Like, of course I did. It was a big restaurant at the time. Like, yeah, why like, not just say that? And then be like, and then they'll be like, did you know she worked there? And you can be like, well, oh, oh she no, must, I, I didn't. Like, yeah, oh. Yeah, she must have served me, but didn't know her personally. Exactly. Yeah, like, like, I don't want to give people tips here, but like, seriously, what? Yeah, just like. Yeah. Why are you lying? Like, why are you lying? But yeah, I just. I, yeah, just because you ate that doesn't automatically mean that you murdered her. Exactly. And it's just, if you also, like, you know the police are going to search your house. Yeah. And lying about it makes you look more suspicious. And you know you have these diaries? I just honestly, like, thank God people are so stupid, I guess. Oh, God, yeah. Also, third wife. Mm, Red flag. Yeah. Police wasted no time in contacting other members of this cycling club who thought back to all their riding routes, including ones that took them through Romney Marsh where Caroline's body had been discovered. Mm. And further evidence going against David not knowing Tunbridge Wells well would come out, as it was discovered that he had actually lived on the same road as Wendy in the 1970s and 80s, like before she had moved in. Yeah. How do you pretend to not know an area well that you lived in? Yeah. For years, that sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only lived in Bristol for four years. You would say you know it well. Like the back of me hand. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Like, like yeah. Just, oh, the stupidity like thank god for it but jesus christ yeah. even if you're like well i only lived in this small area but yes i know that specific yeah like area for example well. when i say i know bristol well i actually really only know central bristol well people yeah. start talking about like yay and like where you live i have no idea where <laughs> you live like but i know bristol town center yeah yeah and where we work well yeah <laughs> like a photo was also found amongst david's sentimental hoarding which showed him laying on his stomach on a blanket in the sun on one summer's day in the 1980s, wearing only beige trousers, socks and white trainers. The soles of his shoes were facing up and detectives recognised the pattern on them immediately. It clearly matched that of the partial footprint found on a blouse in Wendy's flat on the day that her body was found. His fingerprints also partially matched the bloody print left on the shopping bag in her home too. And the final slam dunk in their case, the last nail in David Fuller's coffin, was the sperm sample, which perfectly matched David's DNA. It had taken 33 long years, 
but police had finally found the bedsit killer. Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce, along with their families and friends, were finally going to have justice served and find some small peace. Isn't it mad? Like, I know it's taken 30 years to find him and that's, like, obviously not okay in any mm. way, shape or form, but isn't it mad that in 30 years, like, technology has advanced that much that yeah. they were so easily able to... As soon as that technology was out, how long did that take them to find him? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, 30 years with no technology, one year with the technology. Yeah. It's mental. It, it, honestly, like... It's it's so clever yeah. as well. And like, yeah, that evidence was 30 years old and for them to still be able to use it. And also thank God that they took that evidence because yeah. I think it's mad that they knew they were going to have this technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like thought they would. Yeah, like yeah, someone yeah. was able to envision that and be like, you know what, this is useless right now. But, but one day. Yeah. Because imagine when they didn't used to do that. How many crimes went oh, unsolved because they just I bet there's didn't loads. do it. I bet also, there's loads. Um, I was listening to another podcast recently, Crime Junkie, which yeah. I feel like needs no introduction. It's the biggest yeah. true crime podcast. But they were talking about how evidence from one case was kept in plastic bags and how that completely ruined the evidence because it caused mold. Oh, okay. and how evidence has to be kept in like paper bags. Yeah, and I'm sure there's other. Yeah, there's, I mean, Wait, I don't know. Because that's the thing, you, yeah. you can't necessarily freeze it, I guess, because wouldn't that destroy some, like, it could denature some cells, yeah. I guess? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I do, yeah, no, I don't. I've got a biology degree, but not in that. Um, <laughs> not and, a forensic science. No. Yeah. And it's just completely insane to me that we've got these things and people had the foresight to take this and also then preserve it. Yeah, also, there must have been people... Maybe not at the time, but at some point being like, look at all this evidence we have. If we find a way that we can... Yeah. Like, so, so intelligent. Yeah. Oh, And I'm so, so thankful clever. we've got it. Oh my God, yeah. And I hope also cases like this, as, as horrible as it is to hear about something taking 33 years to crack, I hope it gives people who have got cases, like cold cases that are just as old, some hope. Yeah. Yeah. Just that... The hopefully that evidence that was collected can be used. Sometimes it's just that missing, that one tiny, uh, and and a fresh set of eyes as well makes a like. I think we did a case not too long ago that it was literally like yeah. Someone was on it for ages, and someone else walked in and was like, "Actually, if we rearrange this, it all makes sense." Yeah, and it is just that fresh perspective. That's the thing as well because the evidence they did have, yeah, was I mean the evidence they originally had the fingerprint and the footprint. And maybe the saliva bond, but yeah. they effectively you can't do much with that until you find the person because you yeah, need the finger yeah, yeah. to compare it to and the shoe that belongs to the person to match it. Yeah. But someone looked at that sperm cell and was like, "That will and be it was useful. only a, a it was like a um, a partial sperm cell." Yeah, not even. Yeah, yeah. It was mad. It's, it's so it's so very clever. Yeah, very clever. But. Our story does not end there. This is where it takes a turn. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to say that, that that's all horrific enough. Oh, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's going to get worse. Okay. During the search of David Fuller's property, experts began going through his computer's hardware, including hundreds of hard drives, memory cards, and over 2,000 obsolete storage disks. I'm assuming floppy disks. Yeah. He also had kept 30 old mobile phones along with their SIM cards. Like, honestly, this guy just kept everything. And like, I'm a sentimental... Like yeah, and like, I'm a sentimental person. Mm. But Jesus Christ. Yeah, that is a lot. Also, no offence to his wife, but who's marrying this man and going, yeah, you can keep all that stuff? Yeah, I'm, I get annoyed because Mikey likes to hold on to a lot as well. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> looks around the room crowned full of stuff but it's, it's the excessive amount of cameras that he has okay those are my cameras oh are they <laughs> yeah there's loads <laughs> yeah no and they're these. all yeah to be fair the yellow one is a um Jess is is um holding it Jess is referencing 
the games consoles. To be fair, one is a Nintendo 64, which like, is a cool Classic. game yeah. console. Yeah. The PS2, no idea. <laughs> the Xbox 360 is a custom VDH yellow one. Yeah, I was going to say. From when he was a YouTuber cool and someone it sent it yellow. to them. So, yeah, there, there's a reason for that. It's also yeah, got a yeah, match yeah. controller up there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. The police opened a cupboard and inside they found a cabinet. I think this is like a walk-in like closet cupboard. Oh, okay. Because at first I was a bit like, that's weird. And then I looked and was like, oh, like yeah. this picture. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So they pulled this small cabinet away from the wall. And like, to be honest, from the photos, it's more of a bedside table. Oh, okay. That sort of, to have Size, a bit of reference. Yeah. And discovered that screwed to the back of the cabinet in one of the top corners was a concealed holder which contained four hard drives. Why weren't these hard drives stored along with the others then? Hmm. Tentatively, police examined the hard drives, uncertain of what they would find. Perhaps more evidence relating to the murders of Caroline and Wendy? Perhaps evidence linking David to other unsolved crimes? Well... They would find neither of these things, actually. The four hard drives contained videos of David Fuller sexually assaulting the bodies of dead people. Oh, my God. Yeah, I said it was going to take a turn. Yeah. You see, David Fuller worked as a maintenance manager at two hospitals in Kent. Oh. Kent and Sussex Hospital, which then closed and became Tunbridge Wells Hospital in Pembury. Mm. And here, he had an access all areas swipe card, which meant he had access to both hospitals' mortuaries, an area which he regularly visited. And I guess he needed that because if a if a fridge goes on the blink, you you need that fixed. Yeah, and you need that. And fixed also, quick. light bulbs go in mortuaries as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe more so. Just general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the newer hospital, one end of the mortuary was covered by CCTV. So. One part, apparently, there was double doors that then you could go through and it went to the mortuary fridges. And that was covered. But the end, where the post-mortems took place, I'm assuming for confidentiality reasons, the same reasons we don't have CCTV on the ward or in patient cubicles, had no CCTV. Yeah. And it would appear that David knew this and used it to his advantage as police found no footage from the hospital that showed what David had been up to. It appeared that David has kept his own little memento, though, filming all his horrific acts on a small camera, and police were able to zoom in on some of the footage to read the wristbands on the arms of the deceased, and then cross-reference that with the time the footage was taken and the names of those who would have been in the hospital mortuary at that time. I'm sorry, but to interrupt but what a horrible job for that like police officer no because you imagine like to have to obviously this is the thing so many police officers talk about how when you're looking for evidence you don't just watch it once you watch it and you watch it and you stop it and and you you zoom in analyze it yeah and this is watching someone sexually assault dead people oh and it gets worse when i tell you about who okay but also yeah to like then like these poor people are dead they've got and then they're not even being honored in death like they are being abused also someone has to inform these families yeah that's horrendous it's there are no words yeah i mean killing people is horrendous sexually assaulting an alive person is horrendous and i don't think one's worse than the other but i think we all assume that once you're dead you're at least at, at peace rest. yeah 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 you're at rest you're at peace your ordeal is over also i think like not that this should make a difference but you i like to think like hospitals people should feel safe in there they should feel well respected exactly like we both work in hospitals. i tell like, patients so often all sorts of different patients mental health patients yeah elderly patients even young patients you're safe yeah you know, if someone comes in in a massive trauma, sometimes when I can see they're visibly scared and we're yeah. doing a handover and everyone's quiet and listening to, you know, the mechanism of injury and what yeah, has yeah, happened. Yeah. Sometimes I've been, you know, I've seen other people do it and I do it myself. We reach out and we hold their hand, just stroke it because for them, they're laying on this bed looking up. There's about 10 medical professionals who are stood strangers around stood around them in uniforms 
and they've Same been through this thing. understand yeah and this person's just detailing what has just happened to you yeah and you know mental health patients come in and i go look you're safe here little old ladies come in and i go you're safe don't worry yeah and to have that broken yeah it is and i know awful. people have bad times in hospitals and don't feel safe because of various things that go wrong be it from staff attitudes too bad and poor care like i know we work in hospital but it's by no means perfect it's run by humans who make mistakes and also not every human's nice regardless of their job yeah but i just i just think yeah at death you should be at rest you should be at peace and as someone who often works with dead bodies you know when when you die in hospital before you go to the mortuaries nurses and hcas will, will wash you yeah and it's something that I enjoy doing, which might sound odd to people, but I really think that there's something, it's such an honour to get to do that for someone. Yeah, for as they're like their last thing before they like pass over. At least you know that they're like clean, they're fresh. Yeah. They're, they're the best version of themselves to go on yeah. and do whatever comes next and after you die. that whole act is done very respectfully. Mm. You know, as we, as we wash you... Yeah. We talk to you. We tell you what we're going to do. And, you know, before I leave you, I will say, like, rest in peace. Yeah. Like, it's also comforting knowing that, like, not be funny if I had a family member who was in hospital and unfortunately passed. It's nice knowing that they do get that respect. Yeah. And so. that's the thing. It is so respectful. Like, when a doctor documents that a patient has died, they will write in their notes, came to verify death for this patient. Death verified at this time. May they rest in peace. Yeah. Like, we if we have a patient who we've been seeing for physio and they've unfortunately passed, we put RIP. Like yeah. we don't just put died. <laughs> like, yeah. cause it's the yeah. whole thing is so respectful. And to have that taken away from you, yeah. which is a right, you have a right to die comfortably, respectfully. Yeah. And then be respected after your death as everyone has a right to be respected oh my, yeah, in yeah, life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But to have that taken away from you when you, at least in life, you're able to, defend yourself and stand up for yeah. yourself but to have that taken away from you when you are defenseless yeah is absolutely is, this man is disgusting horrendous. this fucking microphone also the fact that i know they've got like obviously the hard drives and they can probably put a date to it but he got away with this for so long and then 30 years yeah and yeah additionally david had also kept a little black book with all his victims names written inside and i am just gonna say it what a sick fuck although in a, in a weird yeah in a weird twisted way yes very helpful that he did that however like, i will say and i'll come on to it a bit more later it can't have been all the names okay because some have been unidentified but he, i wonder why not all the names mm. and if violating dead humans just once isn't enough it would appear that david would return to certain bodies numerous times to commit sexual acts and he does admit in interviews to penetration oh my god in total police were able to count a hundred victims fucking hell one victim was a nine-year-old child and two others were 16-year-old girls those were the the three under 18 yeah david also defiled the bodies of victims over the age of 85 including a woman aged 100 years old Oh my god. Yeah. That is. And I think this guy is so dangerous because he has no type. Yeah. It's just That's women. That's literally what I was just thinking like he doesn't The only type is that they were all women. Women. Yeah. Because he killed two women in their 20s. He then committed necrophilia on children and on elderly and, people. Uh, yeah. And in between. Yeah. You're female. His type you're is You're dead, a... you're alive. His type is vulnerable women yeah and this is the thing like you know when people are like say about like someone who sleeps around they're like oh anything with a pulse yeah it's like in this case not even not that either. yeah barely that like it's literally it's, two living victims and a hundred yeah deceased victims and i guess he realized that the 100 was easier because he had easy access and no one was gonna presume you're not gonna look at a dead body after it's been post-mortemed 
or if in some cases there is no post-mortem especially if a hundred year old lady dies or i don't know how this this these children died but yeah if it's not suspicious like you're not gonna yeah then you know no one's following up yeah and it's not a crime scene yeah like if you're like okay we think they passed because i don't know they had a stroke old age they were end of life care anyway you're not gonna be like we need to do a full post-mortem full toxicology like exactly like yeah you're not yeah it's not also hospitals wouldn't always regularly do that that's more police isn't it it depends and i'm only going to say it depends because i as you know i, I can't go into it too much yeah, but yeah as you know i had that case where we had to involve police yeah on my ward that's the only time i've had to involve police and they wanted to seize obviously do a full yeah. investigation and that's probably as much as i want to say on that so I, i'm not i'm not completely sure in all honesty yeah but i guess if they're in hospital they wouldn't need like unless they came in beca- with the police yeah suspicious suspicious circumstances yeah then you wouldn't necessarily be like okay yeah let's like you said it's like you don't screen everyone in ed for like if they've taken any drugs yeah exactly um like for example i'm just thinking my granddad died in hospital he didn't have a post-mortem yeah because it wasn't suspicious no he died of pneumonia like yeah they know what what he died of yeah why then you don't need to investigate it it was yeah he was he was an 80 something year old man like not in the best health anyway bless him it's just really disturbing and disgusting what he did in the nine-year-old girl's mother's impact statement in court she would address david fuller directly and tell him you raped my baby she couldn't say no to a dirty 66 year old man who was abusing her body she couldn't say no but she would have there's no closure how can i make this up to her how can i nurse that little broken body that's been ruined and disrespected by that vile man i will never get over this and oh my god i really want to cry yeah because imagine having to be like not only like the mom having to receive that news but imagine having to be the person that has to break that news to that mother like hard enough losing a nine-year-old child to whatever circumstance it was like whether like no one they say that's the worst thing that can happen to someone no one should lose a child that young no one should lose their life that young no one should lose a child no but then to turn around and be like while she should have been safe and at peace we've found this evidence ghost we found evidence that while yeah in hospital yeah this happened i just receiving that news having to give that news is yeah there's there's no words yeah there there really aren't because and you know i've said this before i think i consume so much true crime and i work in a job where i have to detach myself from what happens Mm -hmm. That a lot of, you know, I'm still human, but a lot of things like this don't get to me. No, they can't because they interest you more than they like. Yeah, and like it's not an interest in like, oh my god, it's so interesting. It's like it's more about the human psyche and and like how did it escalate to this point? Yeah, and then also how it got solved. Like that's my interest in true crime. Yeah. But that may like I almost cried reading that because it's just it really I think it's so easy in the true crime community to forget that these are real people they're not just stories no these are people's lives and these are that was a nine-year-old girl that that victim and then also her whole family yeah it's like like I just can't even wrap my head around what would possess someone to do that like it's I just disgusting is that actually like blown my mind another woman spoke about her mother telling the court that david fuller's actions were despicable sick and twisted and how it was hard to comprehend something so immoral she told david she was dead vulnerable and not able to fend you off but you prayed on her on the day she died the court also heard about how there was evidence that Wendy Nell was also raped during or after her murder in 1987. Previously, David Fuller had admitted to killing Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce, but said it was subject to diminished responsibility and denied murder. He eventually changed his plea to guilty for the murders whilst on trial in November 2021. 
He also admitted to 51 other offences, including 44 charges relating to 78 identified victims of his necrophilia between the years of 2007 and 2020. Oh my God, that's so long. I know. 20 victims are yet to be identified. He was also found to be in possession of large amounts of child pornography. And I believe I saw it said that it was one of the largest. So it wasn't wow. just large, it was one of the well, largest. Well, I mean, he had all those hard drives. Yeah. Like, in my head, it's like a whole room full of just hard drives. I know. Because it just sounds 200, so... wasn't it? Yeah, it just sounded so much when you said it. And he also was found to be in possession of... Well, he was found to have taken indecent images of a child. And I think that's relating to filming what he did to the nine-year-old victim. I found a full list of his crimes he pled guilty to. So actually, I'm just going to read this out for clarity. Yeah, fair enough. Two counts of murder. 32 counts of sexual penetration of a corpse in respect of 32 individual victims. One count of sexual penetration of a corpse as a group charge in respect of 27 victims. Eight counts of taking indecent photographs of a child. Three counts of possessing an extreme pornographic image. Three counts of making indecent images of children. One count of possession of an indecent photograph of a child. One count of possession of prohibited images of children. One count of voyeurism. One count of possessing an extreme pornographic image. So... To me, it's a little bit convoluted still because you've got three counts of a pornographic, extreme pornographic image and then one count. But I assume that these are in different ways, perhaps. I mean, I don't fully understand it, but... I'm assuming, yeah, there's probably like different classifications. Is what I'm presuming as well. And I'm assuming like one count doesn't mean one photo. It means one collection. Perhaps. I also wonder as well if like an extreme pornographic image is obviously... I'm assuming not something like a kink, but Mm. I suppose it all is, but it's not something like a kink such as BDSM, which is a lawful kink. And if it's between consenting people, fabulous, you do. I presume it's something that's illegal. Yeah. And perhaps when they say three counts of one, it's like three counts of one type of that depicting the same sort of image. And then one count of another one that's depicting another sort Sort of of image. image. On December 15th, 2021, David Fuller received two whole life orders for the murders of Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce, and also received 12 years for the offences of necrophilia he committed in the mortuary, which seems little to me. Like, yeah, I understand the two life orders are kind of like saying it all, but But. 12 years, really, he raped a dead nine year old. And it doesn't mention if he got anything for all the pornography i assume maybe they thought it unnecessary i don't know also how old is this man at this point because if he was 67 oh so he wasn't 66 at the time of crimes no so when he murdered the women in 1987 he was born in 1954 so in 1987 he'd be 33 okay but then obviously he was what was it 2007 to like 2000 and 20. 20. So he was 65 at the top end of that. So, okay. So yeah, when she says he was like a 60. So he's, yeah, he's, he'll be 68 in September. Also, not like, obviously you can give as many life sentences as you want, but at you, some point, I if you're going to give a 60 year old 40 years in prison, that is a life sentence. Yeah. I just think sometimes it's um the principle. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think if you're going to give a sentence that is effectively like null and void because the 12 years added on to that like he's not yeah. even going to serve it let's be honest yeah because he'll die those if you're going to go ahead and give those 12 years mm. why not make it something that actually reflects the horrificness of his crimes yeah like if if those if what if those 12 years are null and void anyway give him a hundred yeah like, literally just be like yeah this is a a life sentence so yeah we'll give you the full whatever because as much as i mean i th- i suppose even though we both sit here and we know for well that those murders are horrific yeah i think the reason we're more shocked about the necrophilia is because it's less common and i suppose yeah. even most murderers i think i've heard of a few cases where murderers are like well i didn't 
do it whilst they were dead like do you know what I mean I feel like yeah for most people that's still like a step too far yeah like, even if you're a murderer they're like well I wouldn't rape a dead person who was it where they were like that even the prisoners were giving them a hard time oh Ian um, Huntley yeah 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 it's like even a lot of murderers still have not like morals but do you know what I mean well, there's like, like they still have that line that they wouldn't cross. Pedophiles do not have a good time in prison. No. Good. Because even murderers hate them. Yeah. And I feel like even murderers are like, I would not fuck a dead body. Yeah. I mean, so I he's... Let me <laughs> even murderers are like, I wouldn't sleep with a dead person. Yeah. And I feel like he's done that and he's also done it to underage people and have got loads of i hope he's having the worst time in prison i cannot imagine he is having a a, and he deserves the worst time because he got away with it not the not the necrophilia but he got away with those murders for 33 years he got he got to live longer after those murders than either of those women got to live i know it's they were 20 and 25 he got to live 33 years post those crimes where he went on to commit those more horrific yeah also like i know they probably would have found more evidence but those are the only two murders that he has confessed to yeah and around that time as you said evidence wasn't what it should I honestly have been. feel like maybe it was too much work yeah like those women are lucky that the police officers on their case kept that evidence so well that yeah. it was able to be used but there could have been other cases where it wasn't preserved yeah, and I honestly think that the police expected to just find more evidence of perhaps unsolved crimes. Yeah. I don't think anyone in a million years expected to find this. Yeah. But yeah, I just think the fact that even the eldest victim, Wendy Nell, he got to live eight years extra as a free man after killing her than she even got to live. It is horrendous. And in the case of Caroline Pierce, he yeah. got an extra 13. Yeah. But it's safe to say that David Filler will spend the rest of his life in prison. Mm. And as we said, thank God for that. During sentencing, the Honourable Mrs. Chima Grubb QC described Wendy Nell as successful, happy and independent. And Caroline Pierce as a lovely young woman finding her place in the world. She described David Fuller's crimes as premeditated and carefully planned and executed. When speaking of his mortuary offences, she told David Fuller... You became a vulture picking your victims from among the dead within the hidden world of a hospital mortuary. Your conscience is seared and calloused over. Relatives are haunted by your abuse. You have sullied and stolen memories. You have shaken their sense of being able to trust the world. Deep sorrow and immense courage has been displayed in court today. I hope that they can banish the shadow you have cast. You have no regard for the dignity of the dead. And that is where I would like to finish because I honestly don't think I have much more to say. Fair enough. I think uh, that summed up quite nicely, that quote from... Yeah. Was it the judge? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. she's basically, obviously, she, she's giving testament to what amazing women these, you yeah, know, Wendy yeah, yeah. and Caroline were. And I think where she says, you know, he was a vulture. Mm. And, yeah. He knew what he was doing. He was... Oh, completely. I also feel really sorry for his wife and son. But, yeah, I hope that those families who had to receive a call as up to many years as 13, well, 14 years, post their relatives dying. Yeah. Those people that had to receive those calls to say that their relatives had then, in death, been so thoroughly disrespected and violated... I hope they get some sort of peace yeah, in the fact that this man will horrendous. rot in prison and will hopefully have the, you know, an eye for an eye and the world is blind. We've mm. said that before. I've said that that doesn't count for pedophiles. And uh, you know what? It doesn't count for this cunt. No. And that's I mean, the first time I've said I, the C word on the podcast. But I, I would still say that he, I know we said like he doesn't have a type, but he, if he's got child porn, he is still a paedophile. Oh, Whether, of course, like, of course. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and what he's done is absolutely horrific. The fact that he has a child is scary. I'm thinking I'm thankful that it was a son. Yes, because that could have been a whole lot worse. Yeah. For, yeah. I, like, obviously it said it was his third wife as well. I wonder what it was that made his first two wives, I like, or like made, 
those so, relationships break up like one thing i will add then is reportedly mm. everyone who knew him he worked in the hospital said that he was a happy guy who you asked him to change a light bulb he did it with a smile on his face oh really? i can imagine because we again work in hospitals yeah, yeah, yeah i know people like this that you know you'd be like oh yeah they're really lovely like oh yeah you ask him to change a light bulb he yeah, never yeah, like yeah. grumbles because we all we've all oh met, my god yeah. not just in a hospital i mean in life everyone has met that person who like you ask them to do their job and they're like oh and you're like it's your job i'm that person whereas like it seems like he was the kind of guy where you could be like oh this light bulb's gone could you change it and he was like yeah of course yeah and it's like oh oh okay yeah i like that he did try was it he tried to set for the murders oh he tried to say diminish responsibility he's like but you didn't say that for when you were for 14 13 years sexually abusing dead people yeah i like how that quickly went out the window when he realized nope not yeah, 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 and I think that if he, that had gone through and he'd been able to go forward with that plea of diminished responsibility, I think they would have probably given him more years as for his crimes in the mortuary. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I still stand on the whole. Give him a hundred. What does it matter? <laughs> yeah, it but, doesn't make a difference. Except to maybe the victims. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. twelve years, like that's nothing. A hundred people. That's not even a year per person. Yeah, a hundred years be a year per person. That still wouldn't be enough. Yeah, not loads about his history in this one though. So no. There wasn't much escalating, but then I'm guessing that's because it took thirty years to solve this case. Is not. I would say, and again, one of the police officers did say this that you can see his escalation in the fact that he started off with small crimes, but also arson is often one of those crimes that makes police look really suspiciously at someone. I believe. Oh, okay. to be fair. Yeah, it's quite a worrying crime. Only because fire is quite uncontrollable. Like you could set a fire because it's funny, but you could also set a fire with the intention that you know it could kill somebody. Exactly. And you know what? You can think you have control of a fire, but mm, that can change in an instance. There's a whole reason why we say people don't play with matches. Yeah. And then the police said that actually the fact that he then went on to those creeper type burglaries, which I couldn't find so much on, but I would assume creeper type means that he was breaking into women's homes and not taking very much or, or taking, taking like suspicious weird things. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. toiletries and like stuff. Weird things like that rather than like money and valuable yeah. things. If someone breaks into your home and you find that your nicest knickers and bras have gone, but your TV and your money are still there. That would worry me more personally because yeah. then I would think, what's next? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like this person's broken into my house once. You would wonder if you were targeted for a reason. Also, yeah. you must sort of be targeted because they know a woman lives there. Yeah. And yeah, if someone broke into my house and took my underwear when I wasn't there, I would be like, well, what if I was there? What yeah. would have happened if I was in that house when he broke in? Yeah, and honestly, this yeah. guy, the more you think about him, the more you hate yeah. him. Also, the more I just fear. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, a very heavy case day. Obviously, very. I think without... You know, we, we, we have a true crime podcast. Yes. The cases are always going to be heavy, but my God, today. Yeah. Very, very. So, yeah, I completely... I think everyone after this, go hug your pet. If you don't have a pet or you don't like animals, go watch a film. If you don't like films, go <laughs> eat your favourite food. If you don't like that, do something you really enjoy. All I'm saying is I'm glad I don't have work tomorrow because I'm probably going to go home and watch something happy and fun before i, I have to work bed. tomorrow but i'm gonna watch blown away which is a glass blowing show which i love oh do you know what i've seen that advertisement it looks good oh mate have you watched the floor is lava no it's great okay well i'll watch that you yeah, watch yeah, blown yeah. away yeah, yeah yeah and honestly just treat yourself after listening to this yeah i mean i'm definitely gonna go home and have a bowl of ice cream oh yep i've got ice cream downstairs mm-hmm. and some fried rice Mm-mm-mm. and with that guys i think we're gonna leave you with um some happy thoughts yeah think of ice cream think of ice cream think of dogs think of cats think of anything that makes you happy think of the fact that this absolute piece of shit is rotting away in prison yeah and other than that guys just remember stay spooky 
Hey guys, if you have a ghost story or a case suggestion, please email us truecrimecovinpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at truecrimecovin or on Instagram and Facebook where we are at truecrimecovinpod. Also, it would mean the absolute world to us if you could rate us wherever you're listening to this right now, be it Spotify, Apple Music, or if you're on YouTube, give us a little thumbs up, click that bell, get notifications yeah. every time we post. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. Make these two witches smile. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, witches.